Welcome to the Farm Safe Podcast, brought to you by the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health. Today, we have a special episode to highlight recent research in the field of agricultural safety and health. Research is an important piece of what we do to try and reduce injury and illnesses in agricultural communities. Research can help identify hazards, understand outcomes, and determine if interventions are helpful in reducing injuries and illnesses. My guests today are Matt McFalls and Dr. Marizan Ramirez from the University of Minnesota. They recently published a paper titled Farm Vehicle Crashes on Public Roads, Analysis of Farm-Level Factors, which describes their study examining risk factors for rural roadway crashes. Thank you both for being here today. Can you introduce yourselves to our listeners? I'm Matt McFalls. I'm a fourth-year PhD student in the Occupational Injury Prevention Research Training Program at the University of Minnesota. I'm Marizan Ramirez. I'm a professor of environmental health sciences at the University of Minnesota School of Public Health. I also direct the Midwest Center for Occupational Health and Safety. It's a training center funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, really focused on uh, preparing, training the next generation of occupational health safety professionals in our field. I'm really delighted to join you today to speak about this project, but also really talk about this larger scope of work, looking at farm equipment roadway crashes. When we think about occupational health and safety in general, we know that transportation is a significant external cause for morbidity and mortality. And in farmers and agricultural specifically, we know that, again, transportation is um, one of those important hazards that we as a public health community must face. We know very little about the characteristics of roadway crashes on public roads involving agricultural equipment. And we really have started to really think about prevention because really that's where the buck is. The efforts in prevention are really important. That's what our calling is in public health. Dr. Ramirez, could you give us a little background on this work? When I was at the University of Iowa, I was part of the Great Plains Research Center. And this was one of three large projects that was funded by the center under CDC to study this problem of roadway crashes. And we actually looked at data from nine Midwest states to understand the epidemiologic trends of these crashes. We examined crash and roadway data in the state of Iowa. We utilize geographic information systems to look at geographic characteristics of where in these nine states did these crashes occur, what kinds of environments, urban and rural, what types of roadways, curved roadways, straight roadways, roadways with gradient, roadways without gradient, roadways with increased traffic density. And finally, we engaged in surveys with farmers to understand what their experiences of crashes on public roadways looked like. And so, again, large body of work. We've done years of research in this area. And then at the University of Minnesota, when I had moved there, we had this, again, existing data that I found to be quite important for training students like Matt in occupational health and safety, specifically roadway crash injuries. So, you know, as we talk today, I think we'll learn more about the work that Matt has done. And certainly I would love to speak to sort of the bigger impact of this research because it is an area that had been previously understudied. 
I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. In this podcast, we talk about different hazards and try to provide recommendations for reducing injuries resulting from exposure to those hazards. But with this episode, I think we have an opportunity to talk about how we even get the information we need to make those recommendations in the first place. This paper lays out some background information about how there are higher crash fatality rates on these rural public roads than compared to other roadways. And that when agricultural equipment is involved, those rates are even higher. So it sounds like what you're saying is this is a clear problem, but more research is needed to understand why this is happening. In your study, you're pulling together a ton of data describing the circumstances of these crashes, and you're talking to farmers about their experiences with vehicles on the road. Also, you can get a better idea of how to recognize what's leading to those crashes, because we can do more to prevent them if we know what's causing them, right? Is that the goal? Absolutely. And when we think about roadway crashes, it's been well established that rural roadways are much more hazardous than other types of roadways. And there's many reasons for that, including uncontrolled speed, there's lack of traffic controls, and you also don't see divided lanes or highways. So often these conditions really lead to an increased risk for crashing on roadways particularly in urban settings, we would often encounter these large farm equipment vehicles. That size differential is a critical issue. Speed differential is another one because these are slow-moving vehicles. So when you have slow-moving vehicles, large-sized tractors or farm equipment, and then we have smaller-sized, high-speed passenger vehicles, those interactions, as well as that rural roadway, kind of lead to a perfect storm of potential crashes. We do know that crashes involving farm equipment tend to be severe, especially for those that are in the passenger vehicles. And again, a lot of this is due to size and speed differential. So when you think about the physics of crashing, you've got a large equipment crashing with a small passenger vehicle. So the injuries and deaths are higher in passenger vehicles versus farm equipment vehicles. So it's really an interesting um, scenario here where we're sharing the roadway and we're wanting to think about prevention efforts where farmers and other roadway users can use safe driving strategies, safe vehicle operating strategies in order to create a safe roadway environment for everyone. And Matt, I don't know if you would like to chime in. I know that you've been looking at this research as part of your training and maybe could speak to some of the other background literature that you found in this area. Yeah, I think one of the things that was surprising when I was starting this out was just how few surveys of farmers have been done in general. And and there really was a, a more of a reliance on motor vehicle crash reports which is where we have learned a lot of these things that Dr. Ramirez has been highlighting. I think that was perhaps the main surprise for me was that at some point in doing this analysis, I jumped on the project sort of midway. It was just, it resonated with me just how many farmers from how many states this survey made up and that I was, I was working with some data that was kind of rare. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. The survey piece is interesting, especially if most of what we know about these incidents comes from crash reports. Can you talk a little bit about what you're getting from the surveys that you can't get from these crash reports? 
As Matt had mentioned, a lot of the existing studies, particularly traffic studies, really focus on crashes. So you get a collection of crash reports, often from law enforcement. And fortunately, at the state and national level, there are efforts to collect this information that has been extremely valuable for research, really informative. But what they tell us is only the characteristics of the crashes after they happen. So we don't really know very much about risk factors, which means you really want to know about behaviors and characteristics of drivers and farm vehicle operators who crash and don't crash so that you can look at, oh, what factors actually increase their probability of crashing. And that's a really key thing because that tells us about prevention. The body of work that exists has been extremely valuable because they tell us the characteristics of those crashes. But we want to step back and say, okay, what are those risk factors so that they can tell us who is at most risk for crashing? Because those are the answers that really help inform prevention. Matt, do you want to delve into the actual survey items and maybe some of the unique questions that we had asked? The survey was really in two parts. Every farmer who took the survey was basically asked about their farming operation, size of the farm. They filled out a vehicle matrix of the types of vehicles and the mileage and the seasonality of driving those vehicles. And then there was a point in the survey where a question was asked of, have you ever had a crash uh, with equipment from your farm? And at that point, there were some questions that they responded yes, asking them to recall the crash, when it happened, time of year, who is driving, passengers in the vehicle or not, some of the conditions, the behaviors of the drivers, was anyone distracted, daylight, nighttime, and also if there was any report of the crash to law enforcement or who was at fault, anything about the size of the farm and their operation, that would be on a crash report. And really, those questions would complement a lot of what we could learn from crash reports, where there's overlap and where there's not. And that would help us corroborate our findings based on what we know from crash reports, what we know farmers are reporting from the survey, and look for any kind of overlap or any differences. So really, there was potential with this to learn some things that wouldn't be found from a crash report. Thanks, Matt. And I just wanted to add a couple of additional thoughts here. This survey also asked about near misses, which often don't end up in the crash report. And when you think about it, some of even the more minor crashes sometimes don't end up in a crash report. So this is an opportunity to obtain that. Another piece of data that we were able to collect, Matt, um, you talked about that earlier and why I just want to emphasize why it's important is how many vehicles are being operated in the road, how much miles are used in the road. All of that, what we call exposure data is really important because that gives us a frame of the frequency of driving on roads. And that will ultimately tell us sort of what we call denominator data, which, you know, again, the case data, the crash data are numer- is numerator data. The exposure, how much time you spend on the road is your denominator at data. And you need these two estimates in order to understand really what is risk and what's the probability of crashing. Sorry to get technical there, but it's such an important piece when you're trying to understand, again, who's at risk. Is it people who are driving more or you have to account for how much people are on roads to understand what are the risks for crashing? Interesting. 
So the numerator and denominator are how you're looking at the outcome or crashes compared to the exposure or time on the road. And one crash reported by a farm with one vehicle that is rarely on the road may be a different story than one crash from a farm with a ton of vehicles frequently on the road. Yes. Yes, Kate. Thanks. Thanks for expressing that. Yes. And you're able to account for those differences. So somebody who drives more frequently versus those who who drive less frequently, then you're able to understand, Okay, why is there a higher risk in one group for the other and account for that? Matt, for this project, you were doing the analysis and took all this information describing farms, vehicles and crashes and then developed a predictive model. Can you talk a little about that? The basic idea behind a predictive model is to look at combinations of factors that may be important to an outcome. So we weren't trying to model a cause to say that this factor is causing crashes. It was instead all of these factors in combination. So there were a fair number of items on the survey related to the farm, the operation, demographics of the farmer that we considered, including in the model. And then there's ways to to check, is the model working well with these characteristics? Should we leave them in the model, take them out? And at the end of the day, we come up with a model that we can test how well it's working and get these sort of craft probabilities based on factors and combinations. So a combination, for instance, a farm that drives high mileage, uses crops, has a high number of vehicles, perhaps a small farm, place those in combination, get a probability, which could be useful. There's somewhat of a limit to predictability for something like crashes are influenced by so many factors. We simply couldn't collect all the factors on a survey to create a model. So we tried to come up with something that was kind of simple and a little bit intuitive when we looked at these factors in combination and tried to explain the results. Yeah. And, you know, I think what Matt had really pursued is a really important approach of studying a problem that we know very little about. So you kind of explore the data and say, okay, of all of these factors that we've collected, what's driving crashes? Because we didn't know. And often in other studies where you've got sort of a body of research, you might have one question and you're able to delve in and say, I want to know is factor A increasing your risk of crashing? But again, we just didn't know, especially since no really extensive surveys to this level had been previously conducted. So you're really trying to get the data, use these data and try to explore and find what together sort of are the profiles of of crashes, like what profile of farmers and farm operations have a higher probability of crashing. So what did you find? What type of operations have the highest probability of crashing based on your research and this analysis? When we were compiling the results and creating these profiles of farms, We zeroed in on the size, whether or not a farm used crops or as opposed to a livestock farm or some farms were involved with both, high vehicle mileage, high number of vehicles. So across any of those factors, there was a a trend. Any farm driving a high number of vehicles would overall have a higher probability of crash in comparison to other farms of similar size driving fewer vehicles, for instance. So Really at the top of the whole thing, the largest farms driving the most vehicles with the highest mileage crops in their operation. 
would have a higher crash probability than farms that weren't driving as often. When I read your paper, it also said that most crashes were happening during the day and during clear weather, right? I thought that was interesting, maybe surprising to me, because it seems sometimes that we only tell people to be careful when driving in the dark or on ice or something. Does that tie back into exposure and that there's just more people on the road on clear days? Yeah, I think it could reflect when, when the work is being done in a lot of ways. I think that uh, past research has considered this type of finding of most crashes happening during the day, during clear weather, during the seasons of the summer or the harvest season in the fall, when most activity on the road is happening. If we were to talk about what surprised us about the research, I think in some ways just how much it lined up with what we know from past research from crash reports asking farmers of their experience with crashes, asking them to remember something that may have happened a while ago, as opposed to an officer filling out a crash report on the day of a crash. It was surprising just how much some of the findings lined up. What's the next step? You've identified this group of factors that contributes to a higher probability of crashes. So what do you do with that information? That's kind of the exciting stuff is that Matt was able to come up with those profiles and say, okay, there is a group or a type of farm that have a greater risk of crashing. And then from a prevention standpoint, and we'll get into that, that's where we can really focus our efforts. Because if you only have so many resources for prevention, we want to prioritize to begin with some of our efforts in prevention in characteristic operations that are at higher risk of, of crashing. I think it was also a useful approach in our situation, having a lot of factors that maybe at the end of the day aren't going to be modified. Um, Size of a farm, how often someone drives. The whole operation is not going to change uh, based on, on crash risk. So it really gives us these profiles to zero in on and ask, well, what can be modified within this space of a large productive operation? So what this study gives us an opportunity to do is look at these factors that are influential to crashes and then ask questions of what can be modified at the farm level, what can be changed, what can we look more into to prevent crashes. Developing interventions in partnership with these large farm operations would be a really not logical next step. But it is key that when we think about developing these programs of intervention, that we design them together with our large farm operators. And obviously the impacts could be really great because we can learn from each other. We can implement interventions within their settings and then really think about the four E's of prevention, education, enforcement, engineering, and economics, because we want to look at the cost effectiveness of the programs that one might be implementing. Um, And certainly I think that bottom dollar is really important for our farm operators and their their businesses. Matt, any other thoughts on your findings or next steps? I think I'd emphasize as well the importance of a passenger vehicle and the involvement in the crash. A finding from our survey, past studies has been that often the crash is uh, the result of the passenger vehicle driver or the fault of the passenger vehicle driver. So I think a forward-thinking statement here would also be to, especially with urbanization, we know that there's the the rural-urban interface is 
uh, weaving together more or growing together. To, to consider that for education of passenger vehicle drivers as well, who may be entering into a rural area rarely or for the first time, um, or who may have been driving in rural areas their whole life. I think that would be an important takeaway to consider for education. Matt's really good point. And, you know, I think with these large farm operators and all farm operators in general, those coalitions and partnerships with their local communities can really, really move things forward. I know that you all have another project at the Great Plains Center focused on educational campaigns and communities. And I think that's a really wonderful also sort of next step that, you know, these campaigns can be also implemented in partnerships with the with these large farming operations. So that might be another area for the future. I also want to sort of speak to some of the other work that we've done on um, lighting and marking of farm equipment. You know, our research found that these policies that that include stricter laws or guidelines on marking and lighting of vehicles has been found to be protective against crashing. So I think that's another space in which, yes, the other passengers on the roadway are often at fault and that also our farm operators play a really important role in prevention by marking and lighting their vehicles to the best best levels as possible. I think that's a great point. We did an episode on lighting and marking recently, and we talked about how it makes it easier to see these vehicles when you come up on them, especially at night. We also talked about educating the community and passenger vehicle drivers about those size and speed differentials that you mentioned earlier and how those emblems are meant to alert you to those situations. As we wrap up today, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I just want to say that, again, we're really grateful for the opportunities to be able to continue this research and, you know, sort of bring it full circle is that my role is to also train, you know, future prevention specialists like Matt to research on areas that are of great importance to the agricultural community and the occupational community. So I, you know, I'm grateful for that opportunity to bring this knowledge into, and to also bring new people like Matt into the field for Matt to be able to sort of explore the data in innovative ways, because some of the techniques, I mean, the newer generation of researchers are coming up with better techniques, innovative techniques that I think we want to apply in our field. So it's been really just a wonderful process. Thank you both for being here. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and telling us about your project. As I said earlier, we talk a lot on this podcast about hazards and prevention strategies, but it's really interesting to hear about the research that that goes into that and helps us get that information that we need in the first place to understand those hazards and develop these prevention strategies. Listen in to the Farm Safe podcast and join in the conversation about keeping safe on the farm and on the road. Check out the links provided in the episode resources section of our website, which include links to the Great Plains Center's resources on rural roadway safety and a link to the paper that Matt and Dr. Ramirez talked about today. We want to hear from you. Share your stories about health and safety issues on the farm, about injuries that made you change the way you work, or about the way you keep yourself and others safe. Also, let us know if there's questions you have or topics you want to hear about on the air. You can visit our website at gpcah.org or email us. Original music for the Farm Safe podcast was written and performed by Ben Schmidt. This work was funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as part of the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health's Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health.